Have you ever thought how strange it is that Paul has to tell us that we are in the Spirit? I mean, wouldn't you know whether you're in the Spirit or not? Why does he have to tell us? Well, that's a question that we're going to explore a little bit uh, this uh, day. Thanks very much for joining me. This is Colin Cook, and uh, you're listening to How It Happens, a broadcast on the good news of the gospel as described in Paul in the book of Romans. We go through this book every year or so, and uh, if you follow me Monday through Friday on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas at 10 o'clock in the evening, or repeated at four in the morning, you will see your faith growing. And your faith, my faith, our faith needs to grow so that we can trust more and more. Remember this, that faith is not natural. Doubt is natural. Fear is natural. Guilt is natural. Shame is natural. But to believe that the Lord God loves us and has given himself to us in Jesus Christ and taken away the sins of all humanity, that faith is so unnatural, it has to be a gift from God. All right, look at the verse that we're exploring. It's Romans chapter 8, and it's uh, these verses that I'll read to you now. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Well, that was a bit of a chunk, so let me just give you the first uh, verse. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. So that question I started with, why does Paul have to tell us that? Wouldn't you know whether you're in the Spirit? Wouldn't you have these wonderful holy feelings? Wouldn't you be uh, fully buzzed by the presence of the Lord? Wouldn't you be uh, um, on cloud nine? Wouldn't you be so holy you'd think you'd be in heaven next week if you didn't overshoot? What then, why then would Paul have to say that you are in the Spirit? Well, because being in the Spirit is an act of faith or a realization of faith. You may not always feel it. Quite honestly, I've had a, <laughs> a very stressful morning and I've got quite irritated by a number of various things that have gone on that just bothered me and everything seems to seem to hit at once. And I didn't feel in the spirit at all. But you see, what we learn is this. Our first reaction to trouble or to stress or, or to stressful things in life is to be stressed or to be worried or to be anxious or to be irritated or angry. That's the flesh. That's the human reaction. But then we are reminded that our God is present. Where shall I go from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the grave, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall uphold me. You see, the Spirit of God is everywhere, and particularly in believers. 
And so, by faith, we say, Father, I feel irritated, I feel stressed, I feel overwhelmed, I don't feel like doing this or that, but I praise you that you are with me, and I praise you that you have overcome all these things. You remember the words of Jesus in John sixteen thirty three: In the world you will have trouble or tribulation, but be of good courage, or it can also be translated, cheer up, be cheerful. I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, in the world you will have trouble, but cheer up, I have overcome the world. Now that is the reality that is brought to our mind by the Spirit of God that leads us to praise. Do you see how it goes? Yes, but you say, Colin, it says here, you are in, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit dwells in you. Well, there's a big if there, Colin, because how do I know that the Spirit dwells in me? Well, let's read on. Now, you are in the, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And then verse 10, And if Christ is in you, the Spirit is dead because of sin, but the, spirit is al the, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, I want you to notice something. Do you see that Paul spe speaks about the Spirit of God, and then he calls him the Spirit of Christ, and then he says, Christ, and then he calls the speaks of it as the Spirit of God. Now, what I'm trying to say here is that Jesus, uh, that Paul equates the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ and Christ. He equates those as one. In other words, then, if Christ is in you, then you have the Spirit of God. And if Christ is in you, then you have the Spirit of Christ. Well, you say, how do I know that Christ is in me? Well, come on, let's get back to basics. Faith in Christ is your salvation. Whoever believes in me has eternal life, Jesus says. Getting into Christ isn't a process of trying hard and struggling and, and uh, trying to become perfect and all of that. No. Being in Christ is having faith that he is your savior and he has atoned for your sins and you believe that and thank him and you bring your heart close to him in repentance and faith, a repentance of unbelief and faith in belief in him. So then, do you see that if you want to know whether you have the Spirit of Christ, well, the answer is quite simple. If you want to know whether you have rather the Holy Spirit, the answer is quite simple. Do you believe in Christ? Because it would not be possible for you to believe in Jesus if you did not have the Spirit. Well, think of that then in regard to all your daily life and all the things that go on, the troubles, the persecutions, the difficulties, the frustrations, the depressions, the anger all the issues of relationships, whether you deal with them well or not, 
all of that is taken up by the Spirit, and we experience those things in the Spirit. So let's read these verses again. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. All right. Now then, let's take another angle on this. When Paul talks about the Spirit and talks about the flesh, he's not simply talking about what is going on in you inside, in your emotions or in your heart or in your will or in your faith. He's talking about the kingdom of grace, which is being in the Spirit, the kingdom of Christ, the second Adam, or he's talking about the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of Adam, which is the flesh. Do you see? These words have become a sort of code, if you like, by Paul to express the whole idea. You are not in the flesh, which means what then? You are no longer in the kingdom of Adam. You do not belong there. God has taken you out of it. He has put you in the kingdom of Christ. And therefore, you need to ask yourself on a daily basis, whose kingdom do I belong to? Where am I a, ch a child of? Who am I a child of? You're not a child of Adam anymore. You're a child of Christ. You're not in the kingdom that is now headed towards destruction, Adam's kingdom. You're in the kingdom of Christ. And this is all about what Paul calls an aeon, A-E-O-N, or some people uh, spell it A... How do you spell it? A, I think it's A-E-O-N. Um, there's an English uh, way of spelling it and an, and an American way of spelling it. Anyway, the word is... The word means age. But we can't use the word age for aeon, really, because the word aeon does not express a period of time. It, expe it expresses a sphere of existence. Now, the issue is, which sphere of existence are you in? Are you in the kingdom of Adam, which is the flesh? Or are you in the kingdom of Christ, which is the spirit? And so Paul has to tell us this, you see, because our flesh, our hum natural humanity, doesn't always realize it, doesn't always remember it. When things go wrong and frustrations hit, and irritation and anger and depression and sorrow and grief and all of these things, we calmly ask ourselves, which kingdom do I belong to? Which sphere of influence do I belong to? Even though there's sorrow in our lives and frustration, we experience these things now in the kingdom of grace. And this enables us to function better and to respond to those frustrations better. And by the way, when I mention the word respond, that makes me think of this. Expression deepens impression. In other words, if you respond as if you were in the kingdom of Adam and you get all frustrated as I did this morning, then that increases the impression of being overwhelmed. But if you are able to say, Father, thank you, I'm experiencing all of this in your kingdom and it's okay, then your expression will be calmer, 
and you will not be overwhelmed. So once again we read these verses. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We studied this yesterday. It doesn't mean that God's mad at you. It's simply saying, factually, that natural humanity is not a pleasure to God because it's under the power of sin and death. But we, by faith, are in the kingdom of Christ, so we're no longer in the carnal state by faith. So now come these verses that I read. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. So then you come to this this idea, the body is dead. Well, how can it be dead? I'm feeling it, for goodness sake. I'm living in it, and it's bothering me like hell. But it is dead in the sense that its judgment has already been taken by Jesus Christ. Our humanity does not have the power to grab us and take us down because Christ has paid the judgment for it. Well, thanks for joining me today, and this is the time that I ask you to consider helping this broadcast to stay on the air. Each program costs $39 per 15 minutes, so if you'd like to make a donation to cover a broadcast, that would be very welcome, or if you'd like to make a donation to cover a week's broadcasts, that's just under $200. You can make your donation by sending it to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or you can make your donation online at FaithQuestRadio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.